Clippers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Saturday, August 22nd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Now you can exhale. The Flyers won the series in six games over the Montreal Canadiens. No game seven in order. They win it by the slimmest of margins, three to two, and will advance in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time since 2012. The opponent in round number two will be the New York Islanders. More on them in just a moment. The Flyers come away with the 3-2 win. They get goals in the game from Ivan Provorov, from Kevin Hayes, and Michael Roffle. And they hang on to a one-goal lead through the entire third period and did a really good job in that third period of not sitting back, actually counterattacking and attacking in that third period, what didn't look like the second period. Uh, but they come back and they close out the deal and they move on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They get outscored in the series 13-11, to 11, but somehow win the series in six games. Just a moment. Allow yourself to enjoy the fact that they won a series. Don't fret about the top five scorers on the team not scoring a lot of goals. Kevin Hayes got a goal. He was one of the top five scorers in game number six. Allow yourself to enjoy the fact that they advance. And don't assume based on how the series against Montreal looked that that will be how the series against the Islanders looks. Because every playoff series takes on a life of its own. And while the Islanders resemble Montreal in a lot of ways, only deeper, more talented, and probably even better coached, um, that does not mean the series will be that type of series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Also, don't allow yourself to assume that because the Flyers went 0-2-1 against the Islanders in the regular season, that that means that the, it's a fait accompli that they won't be able to get past the Islanders in the playoffs. Here's the fact of the matter. The Flyers need to play better offensively and more consistently in this round against the Islanders than they did against Montreal if they want to advance. A little intel on the New York Islanders. The Flyers faced the Islanders three times this year. They were scheduled to face them one more time down the stretch. Obviously, that got canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and they faced the Islanders back on the 21st of October. They lost that game 5-3. to three. They faced the New York Islanders on the 16th of November. They lost that game 4-3 to three in a shootout, and then they faced the Islanders on the 11th of February, which was also a 5-3 defeat. Remember, that game was sandwiched between two wins over the Florida Panthers, and it was the second of a back-to-back for the Flyers. They played at home against the Panthers on that Monday night, and then they lost on that Tuesday night against the New York Islanders. The Islanders outscored the Flyers in the season series 14-9, and the Islanders, it's interesting because the, the Flyers and the Islanders and the return to play are like the polar opposite. And here's why. The Islanders down the stretch lost their last seven games before the season was paused. They lost 11 of their last 13 games before the season was paused. The Flyers obviously won nine of their last 10, didn't lose back-to-back games since early January. The Islanders also had a 10-game win streak early in the season from October 12th through November 5th. They were a team that was trending in the wrong direction, but the pause allowed them to get their feet under them. They ended up beating the Florida Panthers. They end up beating the Florida Panthers in four games in the playoff round. They end up beating the Florida Panthers in four games in the playoff. They end up beating the Florida Panthers in the play-in round, outscoring them 
thirteen to seven in four games. Then they beat the Washington Capitals in five games and outscored them seventeen to eight, including uh, the shutout in game number five to eliminate the Caps. We'll get into some more specifics as we lead into the series and scout them a little bit tighter and, and what exactly they're doing right now. But what they do resemble. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens in a lot of ways. Do they have Carey Price in that? No. Varlamov's a good goalie. Is he Carey Price? No. Um, are they a well-coached team? Absolutely. Barry Trotz, an elite NHL coach, won a cup in 2018 with the Washington Capitals, plays a defensive system. From year to year, the year when Doug Waite coached the New York Islanders, taking over for Jack Capuano, uh, at, to the first year of Barry Trotz, the New York Islanders, under Barry Trotz's system, shaved off 102 goals from the prior regime to year one of Barry Trotz. It's a defensive first system, but they do have some high-octane players. They are a big team. They are a heavy team, and they do have skill with guys like Matthew Barzell. They have other players that can put the puck in the net. They have some really good defenders. They have guys that can bomb it from the blue line. They have a little bit of everything, and again, they're well-disciplined and well-coached. The Flyers are going to need to be more consistent to have success against the Isles in this series. But let's get to some Twitter questions. Anthony tweets in and he says, it's felt like eons since these two teams played each other in the regular season. Do you feel like there's a chip on the Flyers' shoulder over the close losses to the Islanders and use that as motivation? Well, I don't think you, you look back to those regular season games as motivation come the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, look, two of the losses to the Islanders were early in the season before the Flyers really had their legs under them, before they really knew what they were doing in Elaine Vigneault's system. Uh, the other game, like I mentioned, was in uh, the 11th of February, and it was on a, the second of a back-to-back, and it was on the road. They, they played the Islanders tough. They remember they came back in that game in February to tie it and then ultimately lose the lead right away, and then the Islanders scored an empty net goal to make it 5-3. to three. Um, But you can't look at the regular season as an indication of what's to come in the playoffs. It's just... Playoff series take on a whole different life all the time. So um, I, I think the Flyers will use it as some motivation and how to play the team, but I don't think they need to be motivated. They need to be more consistent in their effort, their execution, and their and and just really their really their level of intensity. Tim Hutch tweets and he says, "We spend a lot of time dwelling on the bad." No, in Philadelphia we do that. But he says, I kid, uh, he said, what were your highlights from the series against uh, Montreal? Showcasing our depth and Carter Hart bouncing back after game three are mine. Well, Carter Hart bounced back after game two. Um, game three, yeah, you, I guess maybe I'm parsing words here. But, yeah, he had the shutout in game three and game four. He did bounce back. Uh, to me, the, the biggest takeaway is obviously Hart. Um, the other, some of the other takeaways are that when they needed to lock it down defensively, they did. And you saw it in a number of the games, including the closeout game in game six in the third period. When the Flyers really needed to lock the opponent down and not give them high percentage scoring chances, they did that in a lot of third periods. While they weren't prolific offensively, they were very good defensively. And I'm not talking just about the defensemen. I'm talking about the five-man unit. And they did it in game six in the third period as well. Uh, They really had a great ability to limit the shots and the quality shots of their opponent in that round against Montreal. And that's a that's a big thing that they'll need to have going forward as well. They need to be better offensively, no doubt about it. And the top scorers on this team need to find their game and need to end up on the score sheet much more. Bully118 says, Am I completely irrational in thinking the Islanders have our number and are literally the only team that worried me? Well, they shouldn't be the only team that worries you. You still have the Boston Bruins alive and 
the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but look, they've been a matchup problem for the Flyers in the regular season. But we have to see what the identity of the series is when these two teams face off in the second round. You just never know uh, how that series is going to play out. If it's going to play out a low-scoring defensive battle, sort of like we saw with the Montreal Canadiens, or if it's going to be a little bit more wide open. We can't answer that question just yet. We shall see. Jaden tweets and he says, Can you please debunk the whole, quote, Flyers got lucky trend? Habs fans seem to believe that we won four out of six games against the best goalie in the world purely based off of lucky bounces. Well, that's idiotic because Flyer, because hockey is a, is a sport of bounces. Things happen. That's why you throw pucks to the net. That's why the old cliche of we got to get pucks to the net and we got to get bodies to the net is, is still applicable because that's what helps you win games. You can't just throw clear-sighted shots on NHL goaltenders and expect to score. So if Hab fans are doing that, then, then that's too bad because that's how you win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. At HockeyJunkie88 tweets in and says, how do they stop Barzell next round? That's a good question, and that's and not an easy one to answer. He is an elite, highly skilled offensive player. Uh, you have to use your matchups and lines. That's why it's good the Flyers are the number one seed. They're going to get last change in four of the seven games, presumably, if it goes that long. Uh, you're going to have to match up against Matthew Barzell with with good, good 200-foot center play and wingers that can handle his speed and his creativity. He's a very creative player. At Tidknocker19 tweets in and says, Did you enjoy Grant patting Suzuki on the head as much as the rest of the Flyers nation? Yeah, I did, actually, because that's a Bush League move. I talked about it in yesterday's episode. You don't do that kind of thing. Uh, he played with Carter Hart at one point, and I know Carter didn't appreciate it. He's going to say all the right things and not make a big deal out of it because that's the way Carter is, but that was a Bush League move, and uh, I'm glad that somebody did it. At Santarific on Twitter says, does G, does Giroux stay at center to start the next round? Having him there seemed to solidify the first three lines, and Grant caused good pressure on the fourth line. It's a good question. I'm not sure how Elaine Vigneault is going to see the matchups. The good news is, is that you have that option. He could, he could opt to put Scott Lawton in the middle on that third line and put Giroux back on the wing with Couturier and Voracek or to get Konechny going. I could see him uh, having Couturier center Giroux and Konechny to try and change it up and get the offense going in, in a different way. Konechny needs to get, needs to get going. Um, he's clearly squeezing it right now. He missed a wide-open net on a redirect in the third period of that game that could have given the Flyers a two-goal lead. It didn't happen. Acted the Flyers says, I'd love to hear your insight on AV mocking Gallagher if you haven't touched on that yet. You know, I haven't gotten a chance to talk about that, but it's interesting because Elaine Vigneault is going to, he's a savvy guy. He's been through these battles and he knows to make everybody hate him and make him uh, what everybody talks about. So it takes pressure off his players. And I think that's what he was doing there. And he wasn't wrong. Look, Gallagher was yapping the whole time. I was as stunned as anybody that he had a broken jaw after that incident, and look, and he was yapping, and if it was that serious at the time, I assume that the Canadians would have brought him back to the locker room. It was a hockey play. It was an illegal hockey play, and I was surprised Niskanen only got one game. I thought he would get at least two for that, and would it would have been deserved, but he got one, and he'll be available for game one of the series against the New York Islanders. Evan Rainier tweets, and he says, after this game, uh, the game six win over the uh, Canadians did Ghost get himself back into the lineup I thought he played really good 
I thought he had a really strong performance in Game 6. I thought he was generating chances offensively. I thought he was good defensively, which is not something you've heard me say a tremendous amount. I thought Ghost played real well. So Elaine Vigneault is going to have some decisions to make. And he's got to – the one thing that maybe goes against Ghost is that the Islanders are a big, heavy hockey team. And that's not something that is, is Ghost's uh, biggest strength. But I thought he played really well against the Canadians in Game 6. Robert K. tweets in, he said, Who's, who was the Flyers' best defenseman in this series? And then he said, hint, it wasn't number nine. I actually agree with you. It wasn't number nine. I think, I think the Flyers' best defenseman in the series was Travis Sanheim. And that pairing of Sanheim and Myers, they just cover so much ice. It's, it's, it's incredible what they're able to do and the way they skate. Jason Daniels tweets in, he says, how valuable was Thompson? He didn't lose many 50-50 battles, and the last 10 seconds was all him off the draw. Very under-the-radar move by Fletcher, and the Grant pat on the head of Suzuki was the cherry on top. It was a good move, and you didn't give up anything to get Thompson or Grant. And Grant was out there for that faceoff. He controlled the faceoff with 10 seconds left. And look, he, he's a role player. He's a fourth-line player. Uh, but in certain situations and on a faceoff like that, when you're putting him out there for that faceoff, and you have Giroux, one of the best faceoff guys in the league, top two, uh, top one is Sean Couturier, and you put him out there because of the matchup, that, that's the coach showing a lot of faith in, in a guy like Nate Thompson, and he delivered for him. He made him look good. All right, that's going to put a wrap on Twitter questions, and that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily, which has been presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers, and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho, and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. We'll talk to you on a stacked episode tomorrow with Claude Giroux as a guest and Travis Sanheim guesting both on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily. Thanks for listening. Walk away.